You are listening to the Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Had him up there in the Patriot uniform, and we decided that we were going to go all in on Creamsicle, and RC is there finishing up the helmet for Tom Brady. Beautiful piece of artwork there. Beautiful. Uh, we say good morning to our radio affiliates, numbering 362 around the world, and of course, part of the Fox Sports Radio lineup. The White House announced yesterday that they're forming a committee of commissioners and owners to help reopen sports in America. And it's an admirable goal. If it's consistent with public safety, I'm all in. But I'm not sure that this is exactly a golden era for sports commissioners. And maybe it's not their fault. In the social media era, people are looking for somebody to blame. Commissioners are convenient targets there. You go through them one by one. So you got Roger Goodell overseeing the most popular, profitable American sports league. He gets roundly booed every time you see him in public, right? Adam Silver's been great. But he's coming off that China PR disaster in the preseason. Baseball's Rob Manfred, the Astros cheating scandal, the Red Sox cheating scandal coming up. Hockey fans have had issues with Gary Bettman for decades. I always feel bad when he's bringing out the Stanley Cup. It's such a great moment for the team and the city when they win the Stanley Cup. And as soon as Gary Bettman shows up, everybody starts booing. At least there's some owners who will add a steadying influence to the uh, committee. And you got Jerry Jones and Mark Cuban, brilliant in their own ways, but they've made as many controversial headlines as any owners have in history. I don't know if we get sports back on track anytime soon, but one thing's for sure, it's going to be fun to be a fly on the wall at these committee's meetings just to find out what is the plan? What are the plans for each individual sport here? You're just waiting for the moment. Now, WWE is already back in Orlando. You're going to have UFC. Dana White is bound and determined to have a night of UFC if he has to go out and buy an island. But he's going to do it. And the WWE with Vince McMahon and Dana White have the blessings of the president of the United States. Rob Manfred with baseball, we're still not sure. Trying to create a plan. Can we do Arizona and Florida? Can we split it up where we have games there? You almost have this protective bubble of these teams playing in those two states. Maybe. NFL, you got the virtual draft, virtual OTAs. They have some time here. College football has a little bit of time here. Basketball does not have a lot of time here. At some point, you have to you know, pull the cord and say, we're just not going to be able to play basketball. If you do come back, you're not going to have fans in the stands. With any of these sports, I don't think you'll have fans in the stands, which I'm okay with. I don't know how that jump starts the economy. Because I know the president wants to jumpstart the economy. We all want to. But just to bring, if I brought back, let's say, golf. No fans. Nobody in the gallery. Am I jumpstarting the economy in that city? And the answer is no, because you can't go to the event itself. If I have a tennis match where it's just two players, I have the umpire, and no, no, I don't even have ball boys. You could do it, but are you jumpstarting an economy? That city? And the answer is no. Now, does it help us as a sports fan? Yes. And I, I'm surprised tennis hasn't been able to come back because you do have social distancing when you're playing tennis. And golf, you could do it as well. But as far as baseball goes, football goes, basketball goes, that's where it gets really tricky. And all it takes is one person to test positive. That's it. And then you got to shut it down. Now, that's what happened with Rudy Gobert. Once it happened, it was shut down. 
That's my, my biggest concern is how quickly we're trying to get back. I don't want us to get back and then all of a sudden take two steps back. But just sort of the feeling I'm getting that these commissioners are on the verge of pulling the trigger to say, you know what, we're going to try something here. We're going to try to get back out there. Steve Kerr is going to join us on loan from the Golden State Warriors. He, of course, part of the documentary, the uh, Chicago Bulls, The Last Dance. Not the Michael Jordan documentary, but you would think that's what it was about, all about Michael Jordan. It's about the Bulls of the 90s. In uh, that last year, Phil Jackson's the one who christened it The Last Dance. And he did that that year when they won the NBA championship. Uh, so we'll talk to Steve Kerr. He'll join us coming up in a little bit. A couple of things here as well. Uh, I saw this with uh, Boomer Esiason. Boomer Esiason sees some LeBron James in Joe Burrow's possible homecoming to the Bengals. Boomer had a great career with the Bengals, uh, won an MVP there. The Bengals in need of a jolt. They got the first pick and they're sitting there ready to take an Ohio kid. Now, LeBron was from the Akron area. To go to the Cavaliers is different than Joe Burrow, who grew up in Athens, Ohio, which is a few hours away. That's where Ohio University is. Not exactly a homecoming here, but we're trying to paint it that way, and it's not. But Boomer Esiason had this to say. The draft is funny because you don't have, you know, not a lot of professions that take you to engineers don't get drafted to certain companies. So that's kind of peculiar in, you know, the capitalistic ways of the United States. But that's how it is. And, and the teams that had the worst year pick at the top, and that's why they're there. You know, whatever team I go to, it's going to be a challenge to begin, and I'm going to have to, you know, persevere through it, and just like I've done in the past. So that's Joe Burrow on 104.5 ESPN in Baton Rouge. Boomer Esiason had this quote. Uh, he equates Joe Burrow to when LeBron James came out of high school his senior year and the Cavaliers had the top pick. They had some good years under Larry Nance, but they were never thought of as the Bulls or the Lakers or the Celtics. They were the Cleveland Cavaliers, for God's sake. Uh, he grew up in the shadow of Cleveland and brought them the championship. Now it's Joe Burrow's time. This is his time. He's got to go home and get it straight and he's the reason they get it straight. That's the way it should be written, and that's the way he should be looking at it. All right, the Bengals have been to two Super Bowls, okay? Boomer Esiason was a quarterback. Kenny Anderson was a quarterback. They lost to Joe Montana and the Niners. The Bengals, as bad as they've been, inconsistent, they were nowhere near the Cleveland Cavaliers. Cavaliers didn't do much. A history of ineptitude there. And I go back to Bingo Smith. Yeah, they. I go back. I remember watching them play in person. They weren't any good. And then they tanked that year so they could, like they weren't good, but they tanked to make sure they were going to get LeBron. And then you had, you know, John Lucas, I think, was the head coach back then. But the, the Cavs got LeBron. That's different. LeBron grew up in the shadows of Cleveland. Joe Burrow didn't grow up in the shadows of Cincinnati. LeBron... One player on a basketball team can make a larger difference than one player on a football team. Joe Burrow could be absolutely brilliant, but that doesn't mean they're winning football games or winning a lot of games. LeBron could be great. Paulie, go back and look at the first year LeBron took a team to the NBA Finals. He took pedestrians. Big Zeke was on that team. You know, he, he didn't have a good team at all. And that team went to the NBA Finals. 
And they had no business being in the NBA Finals, when you think about it. But that was the impact LeBron had. Because one player amongst five on the floor for your team can make a big difference. Yeah, Paul. Dan, are you besmirching Larry Hughes, Drew Gooden, Drunas Elgowskis, uh, Anderson Varejao, Damon Jones, Sasha Pavlovic, Eric Snow? Those yeah. are the luminaries. Yes. Yes, I am. LeBron took some bad teams to the NBA Finals early in his career in Cleveland. You know, is Joe Burrow going to be a hero? Maybe. But but he's he's not, you know, a conquering hero returning home. For a lot of people, they don't realize the size of Ohio. They go, oh, he's from Ohio. Where's Athens? It's not close to Cincinnati. But if he can do it and he's going to go there, he's not doing anything overnight. Uh, how long did it take LeBron to get to the playoffs? He probably got there pretty soon. I think his second year. Yeah, so he got there pretty soon. It's not He's not LeBron. And don't put that pressure on him. He's not LeBron James. And even the impact of LeBron, it'll be difficult to do that. It was difficult for LeBron to finally win that championship. He had to leave and come back. They also had to get Kyrie Irving as well. But Joe Burrow, good for him. If you go to Cincinnati and you got a chance to make a difference, good for you. But he's, this is not, I don't equate this to LeBron James growing up in the Cleveland area and going to the Cleveland Cavaliers. And if you said Joe Burrow went to Moeller High School or St. X or Elder, and then he was going to be the starting quarterback, a lifelong Bengal fan or what, okay, that's fine. But he bounced around a little bit and he ended up, you know, at Ohio University where his dad was a coach and then he went to Ohio State. Hopefully this will, this is going to be over in, in, what, eight days. I don't have to worry about Tua, at least where he's going. I don't have to worry if Joe Burrow is going to pull an Eli, Eli Manning. And uh, we'll find out if the Patriots take a court. Like there's, at, at some point after a while, you just go, there's a reason why I'm watching uh, Building Off the Grid Alaska, just because my head's going to explode. Great episode last night. Yes, it was. I didn't think they were going to get it done. They never. <laughs> right before the last commercial break, they had a big problem, and I thought it was all going to go to crap. Well, snow was coming in. Yeah, and then... At I like, they're always surprised that snow's coming in in Alaska. November. Yes, yeah, Eaton. Do you guys... Uh, have any of you, you guys watched Better Call Saul? Sure. I really? have not watched an episode. I keep seeing a lot of people who are like, it's not better than Breaking Bad, but it's just as good. I've heard nothing but great reviews out of it. It's just I have this impression of his role in Breaking Bad, yeah. and I have, a, I have a hard time kind of moving away from that and seeing him. This is the prequel, I guess, to Breaking Bad. Yeah, Paul. Yeah, it's Bob Odenkirk, and it's, it's a lot different than Breaking Bad because it's more snarky. There's darkness, and there's violence, and there's intrigue, but there's also some snarky, almost dark comedy because it's Odenkirk. Hmm. I've heard, I don't know how many seasons we're in. By the way, Bosch comes out Friday. I've been watching Sunderland Till I Die. It's, a, uh, it's two seasons worth. It's really well done. I, I, I learned a lot more about soccer and behind the scenes. And, and this is a, used to be in the Premier League. And then got knocked down to the, what is it, the Champions League? Yeah, which is like, uh, like going to AAA. Well, it'd be like the NFL and then college. Yeah. And then college, you're going down to high school. with They got, they got relegated again. It'd be like going from the SEC to the Sun Belt. Oh. That's how I describe it. But just to see what goes on behind the scenes is uh, really well done. It's on Netflix. It's Sunderland 
They say, I, I, you know, I got criticized. They said, hey, you're saying Sunland. That's how they pronounce it. Yeah, the R is, is casual. Sunland. And I, I was just pronouncing it because I've been listening to these guys. <laughs> Sunland. Sunland, till I die. <laughs> and they follow families around. And just how important this football team is to them is just incredible. And, they, and the economy around them, uh, they got an owner who looks like a heavier boy, George. Uh, they got another guy who is a combination. He's their business manager. Looks like Robert Downey Jr. met Greg Louganis. Um, it's, it's, it's fascinating just to, just to see what goes on. All right, Paulie's got a, a piping hot poll question for the final hour. Oh, wait, McLovin does? Well, we have competing poll questions. Oh, you can okay, choose okay. which one you like. Okay, all right. Mine was, would you rather have Steve Kerr's career as a player, he won five titles, uh, two with the Spurs, three with the Bulls, or as a coach, three titles with the Warriors. Now, keep in mind, as a player, he only averaged six points a game. But he played on one of the great teams of all time. He played on two of the great teams of all time, Spurs and, and the Bulls, a role player. Well, he's going into the Hall of Fame because of, He's a co- great coach. That that's why he's going to the Hall of Fame. Uh, he won a lot of titles uh, and hit he hit one big shot, one really big shot. But I, I'd still want to play. I I you know coaching is great, but you know you got to play. Yeah, McLovin. Well, that's you. You want Steve Kerr's career to sit outside and shoot jumpers. Oh, yeah. that, that's not fair. You're totally biased. I'd even get beat up by Jordan in practice. I, I'd take that. I'd take a punch from Jordan. Yeah, McLovin. Paulie's option is, would you rather have Steve Kerr's total career, including coaching, or Vince Carter's career? You could be Vince Carter. You're known for being a great dunker, having a 20-year career. You're really popular play. You're very cool. How about this? I'm going to ratchet it up just a little bit. All right. You can be Steve Kerr. Player, coach, or Allen Iverson? I was going to throw that out there. I thought it was too extreme. But I'm going to – because I, I'm, I'm leaning towards Steve Kerr. A lot of rings. I mean, they're both Hall of Famers. But he's, he's as decorated as anybody in modern era. Yeah, McLovin. I take, I take Vince Carter over Allen Iverson. Ooh. He's the most spectacular player in NBA history. And Iverson has – there's like a little wait, 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 problem. Wait, 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 wait. He, he's Dr. J, the modern Dr. Wait, wait, J. wait. Vince Carter is the most spectacular player in NBA history. He's very close. Yes, he's well. He's unbelievable. He jumped over Frederick Weiss. That was not, that was in the Olympics. <laughs> Stick with it, Andrew. I back you up. Seaton and I are Team Vince Carter. <laughs> I we know. we prop day. each other up. I know that all day. I know that. <sighs> but Iverson has some flaws, though. I, I really his late career when he joined the Knicks and like or like he. He sort of fizzled out. That's my problem with Iverson. If I, I and nobody's going to do this poll question today, you could have Steve Kerr's career, Vince Carter's career, Allen Iverson's career. I'm taking Steve Kerr. Is Steve Kerr taking Steve Kerr? I'm going to ask him that. <laughs> I'm going to. That's the first question I ask him. Steve, would you rather have your career, player, coach, Vince Carter's career, or Allen Iverson? Yeah, McClellan. If we hear this poll on another show, we are going to know for sure they stole it. If, if Colin Cowherd starts the show coming up in a little less than an hour, and I'll know that uh, Colin. Who's crew you know, I was just thinking about this. Bill Jackson or Dominique Wilkins. What? Uh, by the way, Dak uh, clarified his uh, his party that 
you know, the, the, the setting looks like it's an intimate party. I think they had a party. Have you ever gone to a dinner party and then you're not on the short list to go to the dinner party, but you get to go to the party after the party? I think that's maybe what Dak had. Hey, we're going to have a dinner and we got to have less than 10 people. And I see the place settings. But then I look at, you know, the, the buffet. That, that's, not, that's not for eight people. That looks like it's for about 28 people. And, and maybe Zeke Elliott's probably eating for two. But, oh, wow. man, there's, there's a lot of food there. Really, there was a lot of food there. That's what I think is the, the telltale sign that there was, there's a party going on around here. But you got to take their phones. Oh, boy. All right. Uh, is there another poll question, or is, is that the one? That's it. That's no. It. Oh, what else do you got, McLovin? No, no, we have to do Vince Carter versus Alan Iverson oh, yeah. versus Steve Kerr. Yeah, I will. It's perfect. Yeah, I will. I'll do that. And we'll talk to Steve Kerr about the uh, Bulls documentary. And uh, I guess they go into great detail, that practice where Mike hits Steve Kerr. You know what Phil would do to get Michael competitive, as if you needed to, but sometimes he'd jumpstart him? He'd put Michael on the second team against the first team. And so Mike would have the reserves, and he'd go against the rest of the first team. Like, he was just trying to keep him competitive. But... Uh, We'll talk to Steve Kerr about that. Uh, we'll get to phone calls as well. Final hour of this program, 877-3DP-SHOW. Twitter handle at DPShow. Still don't have a winner for Todd's scoreboard challenge. The numbers are 6 and 11. Don't have a winner, according there to some good guesses, though. Mario. How about we give a hint here when we come back? We could. Yeah, a little hint. Now, you're not good at hints. You tend I, to... I, I can do an okay hint for this. Okay. I'll well... keep it very generic. I won't give it away. Okay. All right, we'll take a break. Steve Kerr joins us next on The Dan Patrick Show. Thanks for listening to The Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for The Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. The hint is 611 is a date. It's not jersey numbers or a year or anything like that. It is a date on the calendar for this year. All right. So June 11th? June 11th. All right. Yes, Paul. Isn't there the first golf event of the year for the PGA? The PGA Tour will announce this week that the Colonial in Fort Worth, Texas, is set for June 11th through the 14th. We'll go on as scheduled without fans. That is correct. Okay. All right. Good. Thank you, Todd. Welcome. Uh, we'll send out uh, some DP show gear to uh, Jake in Buffalo. Uh, Ted in Florida joins us. Hi, Ted. What do you have for me? Hey, Dan, uh, long time, uh, long, long, long time, many times. Uh, just a good uh, note here for you. Um, as you know, Tom uh, Brady bought uh, Derek Jeter's house. No, no, he's renting uh, it. He's renting it. Yeah, I mean, it's such a big house. It's it's a compound. It's, he actually bought four houses, Jeter did, to put this thing together. But anyway, his next-door neighbor is Brad Culpepper. Culpepper was All-American for Florida Gators, yep. played for the Bucks, played for a lot of people. But for the last 20 years, he's been Tampa's most successful attorney. All right. Well, thank you, Ted. Great. Just in case Brady needs some legal representation, I think, or if we need legal representation, I think, is maybe what Ted was pointing out. Yes, Paulie? Do you think it'd be weird? I mean, obviously, it's a redundant question. Living next to someone who's ultra famous when you're rich but not famous. I don't know how my neighbors feel. <laughs> well, I, but I bet that's got to be something for them. You know, I mean, I don't know. Like Chris Rock talked about that. Like his neighbor is a dentist. 
He's like, he goes, I'm Chris Rock and my neighbor's like a dentist, but a really wealthy dentist. Yeah. It's got to be weird. Uh, by the way, Vince Carter played in 1,541 career regular season games, most by any player without winning a title. Maybe it's too soon to bring that up, but we were going to ask Steve Kerr the question, would you rather be Vince Carter, Allen Iverson, or Steve Kerr? And uh, Coach will join us coming up here in a moment. Uh, so we're going to go with that poll question, the, the final 45 minutes here. Is that right, McLevin? Yeah, and the early result is a bit surprising. Steve Kerr is running away with it. I would rather be Steve Kerr and have his career as a player and coach than Vince Carter and Allen Iverson's careers as a player. Let's ask Steve Kerr. Steve, would you rather be you or have the career of Vince Carter and Allen Iverson? Or Allen Iverson? <laughs> Are you being serious? Yeah. Yeah, we, we were just wondering that, you know, career. Yeah, I think I'd rather be Vince Carter or Allen Iverson. Do you know how hard it was to be me out there on the floor trying to swim upstream every night? Playing these guys? It would have been way more fun to be those guys. Yeah, but you won titles, and then you've coached and won titles. Well, I didn't know you were throwing the coaching part in Oh, yeah, 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 you're the coach. Yeah, the whole package. You you get to be – so would you rather be you, player and coach, or Vince or Allen Iverson? Oh, I'm I'm very happy with that. Okay, good. That's the right answer. That's the right answer. I just – but I I do do think that some people, when they start saying – like somebody asked me about Nash one time. Would I rather have had Nash's career? Wait a minute. Steve, can you you, uh, find a little better sell – Area, you're you're cutting out a little bit. Maybe stroll outside or something. Yeah, yeah put him on hold. We got. Uh... Would you rather have Vince Carter's cell phone or Steve Nash's <laughs> cell phone? Steve Nash always question. had a bad cell phone, <laughs> but I think it was uh, Julie Fi. The uh, uh, oh. she well, yeah. I think Ju- Julie was their PR person, and Julie would always hand him the phone when he was done with practice or something, and it was always spotty. As bad as Kenny Rosenthal's? Kenny Rosenthal, notorious bad cell phone guy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Let me try it. Steve, are you back? Yeah, yeah. Let me see. Where yeah. are you? Yeah, you're a little spotty. No, we're down in uh, San Diego. Oh, uh, you are? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Came out here when this uh, when the league suspended. And uh, so I've been down here with the family ever since. Well, you're in Del Mar, aren't you? Uh, right nearby. Yeah, yep. you, you, you want to be in Del Mar. If, if, if Del Mar is a pretty good. Do you have a basketball court there? I do. I do. I will not be taking part in the horse. Company, <laughs> you know. When's the last time? Do you shoot hoops at practice? Um, I shoot free throws. Sometimes I'll shoot against Steph. Uh, just just to have a little fun competition and um I, I can barely move anymore though i can't shoot jumpers anymore my thing hurts so i just do free throws but you guys do something different that if you touch the rim that's a miss isn't it it's uh i think what we do is yeah if you you know if you uh if you make it but you touch the rim it's one but if you swish it's two and if you miss it's minus one that's oh. what we play. Does Clay get yeah. involved in this, or is it just you and no, Steph? No, I've, I've only played with Steph, and um, 
he just whenever he needs to, he just swishes. So <laughs> it's just incredible. It really is. I like I, I rarely miss. I mean, it's you know when you shooting a free throw is uh, that stays with you for sure. So I rarely miss, but he can swish when he needs to. I can't really do that that well. <laughs> but you still have the best three point percentage of all time. Does that ever do. my, get, does that come up in conversation with you know when they say oh Steph's the greatest shooter of all time then you go but who has a higher three point percentage? I, I I try not to go down that path. The the, the uh, degree of difficulty on the shot stand was quite different. So I think I don't I don't think I can win that argument. Uh, we're talking to Steve Kerr, the Golden State head coach, uh, joining us on the program. Did you think that uh, Steph had the coronavirus? No. No, he. Uh, we were worried that he did. Uh, he was sick right uh, when he came back, and and then he missed two games. And um, he had the regular, regular flu. So oh, okay. uh, we were concerned about him, but yeah. he did not. Yeah, I saw the the headline. It said in March, you know, you said that you were concerned that Steph's cold was the coronavirus, but found out that it was that it was just the flu. Anybody else right. with your team? Uh, have, have they come down with the coronavirus or what they thought? No, no. So far, uh, nobody on our team. Uh, and, and, you know, our, San Francisco has not been hit too hard. I mean, I, I think uh, our, our mayor was really on it. The governor, Governor Hancock, did a good job um, with the social distancing. The whole state was really pretty quick to uh, to get to all these uh, safety measures. And, and so... Uh, most, you know, most of the state has been uh, relatively quiet, given the number of people here. Uh, have you been able to see the documentary? Did they give you an advanced screening of uh, the Bulls documentary, The Last Dance? You know, they they gave me a link, and I haven't watched it. It's like uh, I, I'm not quite sure why. I just, I, I, maybe I just almost want to pretend it's going to be live on Sunday night. And I'm cra- <laughs> craving something live. <laughs> I'll wait till Sunday. You had to retell the uh, practice story where you got punched. Gosh, I I, I don't think so. Um, Wait, it's not in the documentary. Be, I don't know. Maybe it is. I, I like I said, I have. Yeah, I heard it was. Well, I don't want to ruin the surprise for you. But oh, great! <laughs> I, I think you get punched again, Steve. Did I win the fight this time? No, no you did not. You did. No. Did, yeah. did you get knocked down with that punch? No, no, it was like a scrum. It was like a rugby scrum. <laughs> it, it was, yeah, it, it, you know, those, those those basketball brawls are, are never. Thank God. And, yeah. Well, I, I think Mike talks about that he's, he wasn't a great teammate, but he, he did things to motivate players where he picked on Scotty Burrell I guess he was really rough on on Scotty Burrell in, in practice. Yeah, he was. He was. Was he rough on you? He was. Um, he he was. Uh, I, I think. I think he was. Um, he tested me. I think he tested everybody. And I think that what you have to do is you have to stand up to him, and uh, and I and not necessarily physically, which. Um, you know, you, I, I, I think basically he, he talked trash to me and I talked trash back, which wasn't, you know, uh, highly advised at the time. But it was, 
I knew I I had to stand up for myself, and and I think that um, looking back, and even at the time, I I could see what he was doing. You know, he, Michael wanted to make sure everybody who was out there could deal with the pressure of a playoff game, and if you couldn't deal with his trash talk during practice, then he didn't think you were going to stand up to the pressure during a playoff game, and and it made sense. I mean, he he, um, he brought the level of practice up to such a high level that, that it made us better as a team. And those are the days when we actually scrimmaged every day. And, you know, we've gotten smarter these days. We don't, we don't practice as often, um, which saves the players' bodies more. But back then we had more competition, which may have honed our edge a little bit more too. So um, that, that was more the case back then. And Michael took advantage of that for sure. And, and, it, and it paid off, I think, for our team. I know as a player and a coach, you can get used to winning, but as a player coach, can you get used to losing? Um, I, I think it's different as a player and a coach. And, and so for me this year, you know, we have the worst record in the league, 15 and 50, uh, when the when play stopped. Um, the whole point of our team and our coaching staff was to try to maintain the energy and the and the drive and the work uh, and and keep a positive energy in the building otherwise you you're walking in there uh just dreading it every day so we wanted our young players to uh, to feel good about uh every day even though we were losing and still still enjoy it enjoy the process and enjoy the work so as a coach you have to keep a much more positive spirit and a positive um, aura about you uh, in a season like that. And because it's much more your responsibility to, to uh, maintain the tone. And that's what I tried to do this year. Uh, I, I love the name of the podcast with you and Pete Carroll, Flying Coach. Uh, so, Steve, <laughs> uh, so it's a podcast with Pete Carroll, and it premiered on Monday. So you talk about coaching and mentors and first jobs and, uh, how did this come up that you two are, are you guys, have you guys been friends for a long time? We've been friends for about six years. I got connected uh, by a, a mutual friend and an agent. Mike Tannenbaum was my, my coaching agent six years ago when I decided to coach. And uh, he was the GM of the Jets. Yeah. But you might remember him from, from Hard Knocks. And, uh, and so he, he became uh, my, my agent through my, the agency that's represented me for my whole career, uh, Priority Sports. And, he took over the coaching division and he was perfect uh, for the job because he knew so many coaches. And so he, he took me around and introduced me to a, a, a bunch of NFL coaches. And he asked me who I wanted to meet. And I told him I wanted to meet Pete Carroll because of Pete's teams and the, the way they played. And I had always admired just the, their style. And so I went to Seattle's camp had never met Pete before. And he was so gracious. And, and I spent, three, four days up there, and he was really, really generous with his advice. And, and uh, so we became friendly, and uh, we've stayed in touch ever since. Our team has visited uh, his team. Uh, we were in Seattle a couple of years ago for an exhibition game. Our whole team went to the Seahawks facility and went through their practice with him. It was amazing. So when this, uh, when this started, the suspension of sports, we decided to get together and do something to try to raise money for COVID relief and food banks. And, and this was the idea we came up with. So uh, it's, it, we're having fun with it. We had one 
last week. Uh, we're doing another one uh, this week, and we're going to try to keep it going, uh, you know, for for as long as we can while this uh, suspension is happening. Do you need any tips? I know you were a professional broadcaster, but. I, I actually could use some tips. Uh, so do, you have, do you have any thoughts? Okay. If you're going to have people on and you're going to interview them. Yes. Questions, make them short. Make them open-ended. Get them talking. You want them telling stories. The, 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 you're not the star with your question. You'll be the star with their answer. What if I want to be the star? Dan? Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> then, then listen to how I do it on this show. Because yeah, I, <laughs> I screw it. Yeah. Well, and I, I will ruin, you know, radio for you for the rest of your life. If, uh, you know, you start to get into asking questions and then you're going to listen to other people ask questions and go, oh, my God, that's not open-ended. You're projecting. Like, what are you doing? There's, there, there's nothing wrong with this question, Steve. Why? How, where, who? Can't go wrong. Got it. Can't Got go it. wrong. I yeah. wrote that down. Yes. All right. Perfect. All right. Uh, good luck with that. It's called Flying Coach. Is there more information with this, with what you and Pete Carroll are doing? Uh, you know, you're raising money for uh, COVID-19 here, so... Yeah, so we, uh, we, we, we're we doing it through uh, The Ringer and Spotify. Okay. Uh, Spotify donated $100,000 each to the Warriors Foundation and the Seahawks Foundation. So if you live in the Bay Area or Seattle uh, and you want to make a donation, uh, you can do it through, uh, through those foundations, and, and everything's going to go to COVID relief. And then as we get going, we're going to sort of figure, figure this out um, – you know, we'll see. You know, we'll, we'll see how much money it makes, how many people are listening, if we're going to get some ad revenue. But uh, we're we're going to sort of figure it out, figure it out on the fly. But we want to uh, we want to do something really uh, fun and and we you know entertain people while they're at home and and hopefully raise some money along the way. And and um, you know, so we'll we'll see. We'll uh, we'll try to get it rolling. Would you rather be Michael Jordan or Phil Jackson? Uh, it, I think I think Michael. I think it'd be it'd hard not to it'd be hard not to want to be Michael Jordan just because what he felt every night on the floor during his career, and that's what I was talking about earlier when you asked me would I rather be Iverson or, or Vince Carter. I mean, it, you know, to, to be so dominant, to to dominate a game like that, um, must be so much fun. And I, I never felt that, and Phil Jackson never felt that. But there is a joy to, to coaching and an incredible um, experience in that itself. So, uh, But Michael Jordan is Michael Jordan, so I, okay. I think I'd rather be Michael Jordan. Steph Curry or Scottie Pippen? The correct answer is Steph Curry. He's your player. Scotty will get over it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's doing all right. Hey, it's great to talk to you. And once again, it's Flying Coach. Love the name with Steve Kerr and uh, Pete Carroll. You can get it on Spotify and The Ringer. Uh, Steve, good to talk to you. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Thanks a lot, Dan. Take care. All right. We'll take a break. Back after this, we'll wrap it up. 
Dan Patrick Show. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live every day at YouTube.com slash The Dan Patrick Show. Do you see where there are a lot of Patriot fans who have bought the Tom Brady Tampa Bay jersey? And at first I was thinking, all right, yeah, I get it. You know, he's in the NFC, and why not? I mean, if you love Brady, then it, it's – I don't know if Patriot fans blame him for not being in New England. It feels like if you're blaming somebody, it might be your organization, even though I think the organization is doing the right thing to move on. But I just don't like the plan B at Jarrett Stidham. Yeah, Paul. Do you think it's because with Patriots fans, the, the player is almost always more beloved than the coach or GM or owner – those are the guys with the money and the control. The players, the who the fans root for, and I think the the educated New England fan knows, you know, Brady probably could have still been there if they would have treated him differently two, three, four years ago. Brady's jersey is the top seller in New England, but that that's his Tampa Bay jersey. Although, what would change if the Patriots ja- drafted Jordan Love? You know, would they would that? Or Jalen Hurts around? No, probably not. It would be Tom Brady. All right, uh, this day in sports history, what do you have for me, Paul? 1947, Jackie Robinson played his first Major League Baseball game for the Brooklyn Dodgers. He had appeared in exhibition games before that. Uh, The San Francisco Giants and the L.A. Dodgers played the first Major League Baseball game on the West Coast. It was the first game in the L.A. Coliseum. And let's see. uh, Ooh. Cal Ripken Jr. became the 24th Major League player of his 3,000 hits in 2000. And you go back to Jackie Robinson on this day. That's why they celebrate Jackie Robinson Day in Major League Baseball where everybody wears the number 42 on this day, but then nobody can wear it after this. I think Mo Rivera was the last who was grandfathered in, but this would have been the day that Major League Baseball would have celebrated Jackie Robinson Day. And by the way, I think Jackie Robinson is the greatest athlete of all time. And I I know it's tough to put labels on somebody, but you think of impact and the fact that he was either a – you know, very good college level or professional level in baseball, football, basketball, track and field. All of those. And considering what he did with the color barrier and what he went through to break the color barrier and baseball and become a Hall of Famer, I think he's the greatest athlete of all time. Uh, let me go around the room. Final results of the poll question there, McLevin. Who would you rather be, Steve Kerr, Allen Iverson, or Vince Carter? 80% Steve Kerr. Yes, Steve Kerr is the right answer. I know, and, and I get what Steve's saying. You want that moment of, I'm dominating. I'm, I'm, I'm taking over a game. I get that. But after like the 10th time or 15th time you've done it, you know, okay. But he's, he's going into the Hall of Fame because he was a very good college player. He uh, won titles as a role player, and then he's, you know, won three titles as a head coach. So Steve Kerr's the answer. Of course he is. Fritzy, what did you learn on today's program? I learned that you found the Eli Manning Super Bowl MVP announcement card you read on the podium while cleaning out the attic and were trying to get it to Eli. Well, I want to give it to the people who are auctioning off his Corvette that he won that night when I uh, handed out the Super Bowl trophy and the keys to that Corvette. But I, I'm giving you the actual card that I got on the podium that night. And I, you know, his name is written in there with a Sharpie. And uh, I don't think I wrote it in. I think somebody wrote it in from the NFL and then handed it to me. McLovin, what did you learn on today's award-winning program? We learned why Dak Prescott had a buffet at his uh, controversial dinner because of one of the guests. 
Wow. I don't know if that's the case. Wow. I don't know if it's so mean. That's actually what I said. Seton O'Connor, what did you learn on today's program? Uh, I learned Steve Carr said swimming upstream every night wasn't very easy. (laughs) (laughs) With his playing ability? His playing ability also in the NBA. Yeah, Yeah. swimming upstream. (laughs) Upstream. Uh, call him Salmon. Uh, Paulie, what'd you learn? Andy Dalton's got two new receivers, and they're three and a half feet tall. <laughs> it's two two boys. Todd, what did I learn on today's program? Uh, looks like the Browns may be going very old school with their new jerseys, the Brian Sype, Mike Pruitt's Cardiac Kids days. No, Greg Pruitt. Greg Pruitt. Well, yeah. you had a brother, Mike, too. Thanks for uh, joining us. Thanks for allowing us to be part of your lives. And uh, we'll be back tomorrow. Dan Patrick Show.